You're listening to DraftKings Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. But presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you guys are at a restaurant and you get your check and, well, you give the card, it comes back, so now it's time to sign. If you sign the top copy, do the full tip, total sign, and then you realize it's the merchant copy, will you... Resign? Oh no, no, the merchant nope. copy is the one you're supposed to sign. If you see it's customer copy, nope. Will you re- will you say up? Oh, I signed the wrong one. I'm going to resign it. Or will you just like leave that one and and you know just hold mm, the nope. They'll get in the guest copy. No, I always rewrite it. I can't. If I see customer copy, I gotta rewrite it. But it's the same thing. I know it's the same thing, but it, why does it say customer copy and merchant copy if it's the same thing? It's, it, they, it's for your own records. You could take the merchant. I'm copy just and- saying. I I like to play by the rules. Have you ever been afraid that they're going to like rewrite what your tip was? Ooh, that tip themselves. I more? love that you just said that. I have a way to play defense against that. What's that, Chris? Put a dollar sign right that, next to the amount. Same thing. You know, if let's oh. say you leave a $30 tip. If if there's no dollar sign there, they could just write a one. Boom. You Ooh. just left a $130 tip. But if you put a dollar sign right near that 30, you know, you're that least... ever, has that ever happened to you? Like you check your credit card and you're like, huh, I don't remember tipping this. No, much. It, my... it did happen to my boyfriend. Recently. Really? They, we were like at a bar and then he got a charge on his card later and it was like $50 more than we paid. And he wow. went back and was like, something's not right. It was supposed to be like a $5 tip. Maybe you accidentally put in a zero. I don't know. Oof. But they, they, you know, we gave him the benefit of the doubt that it was like an accident and they paid the money back on the card. I never. It was weird. Oh, very yeah. good. I, I, that, that's, that's scary. That is scary. I never check my bank accounts. I should do that more. Maybe I've been... <laughs> I don't like you check your after every charge you check to make sure it's right. I just kind of, you know, trust well, people. <laughs> I'm not in charge of the uh, the financials in the house. Uh, oh, really? You don't just like monitor the apps? Like I mean, if it's a big amount, apps? if it's a big amount, I might check. If it's a big amount, like $50 40, is like a, a lot. 40, yeah. yeah, that is a big amount. Like your bank would send you like a text yeah. saying well, not that, that a warning. See, the, the best fraud is done incrementally, right? Yes. Because it's like that's how people embezzle money. They take a <laughs> cent here and there. Yeah. And then it builds up and you make hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars sometimes. But you did it at such incremental levels that like the auditors don't. Like know. I just want to steal 10 cents from 5 million people. How much would that be? Shit. Wait, never mind. Maybe I want to steal more than that. Five cents. <laughs> what did I say? I said 10 cents 10 from cents. 5 million people. That that would be, that be? 10 percent. Right. I don't know. I love us doing this math. Let's figure 500, this out. Let's figure out how much I just stole. It's 500,000, isn't it? That's it. 10 cents. From 10%. Is that of a dollar? Okay. From five million people in that five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. All right. Yeah, there you that's go. It. That's all I want to do. I feel like that's not that bad. By the way, the incrementals. By the way, they tried to do that in the movie Office Space. You you, you seen that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. They, yeah, and they put in the wrong number, and then all of a sudden they oh they <laughs> like were stealing millions bigger. of yes, dollars. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. I want to rewatch that movie. I haven't seen it in like fifteen years. 
Gotta love theft. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Mystery Crate. Oh. Yeah. I feel very welcomed right now. What do we got today? So Mike Ryan and Zach Harper and Amin Hassan are doing a review of the unbearable weight of uh, massive talent. Massive talent. talent. Mm. Yeah. See, that's one of those movie titles. Okay, have you guys heard of this movie? Everything, uh, everything, everywhere, everywhere, all at once. All at once. When a movie title has more than three or four words in it, and multiple words are adjectives, yeah. or adverbs. Weird. That's tough for me. Yeah. This is where you shorten it. Like I've seen the TV commercials where they're actually saying just massive talent instead of the entire name. Oh, smart. Massive talent. That would have been a better name, I think. So wait, it's the unthinkable. Weight of the massive, unbearable weight, the unbearable unbearable weight of weight. massive talent. A massive talent. If you're super into this movie, Cinephile also tackled that movie this week. So we're we're just you know cinephobe little uh, you know sloppy seconds with this one. But let know. us know which one you like more. We also in this episode of Mystery Crate will have a post skydiving review with uh. Tony. Stick around for the outro for yes. our interview with Tony. Is he Tony. alive? Did he make it? Tony did make it. Okay. Wow. And it is now Friday morning at 5 a.m. And we're going to ask him how he feels the next day. Yes. So stick around yeah. for the unthinkable weight of massive talent review. The unbearable. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll get there one of these days. Welcome to Mystery Crate, Cinephobe Edition. I'm Zach Harper. We've got Michael Ryan Ruiz. We've got... Anthony Mays, we've got Amin El Hassan, and we've got the unbearable weight of massive talent hanging over us right now because Nicolas Cage's new movie, it's a 2022 action comedy crime movie. And guys, I have seen it five times. Five times. It's not a lie. I've seen it five times. It is already my favorite movie. I'm not saying it's the best movie I've ever seen. It's my favorite movie I've ever seen. It is Nick Cage, I think, at his best. Amin is shaking his head. Mike, I can't, I, I don't know if you're amazed in horror or if you're... Just wearing sunglasses. Well, he's got a condition, Amin, okay? Got an eye injury. Yeah, an eye injury. This is actually not an episode of Mystery Crate. This is just an intervention. What? For Zach Harper. What? Yep. Now that we've got you here. I can stop seeing it whenever <laughs> I want to. Doesn't seem that way. So now that we have you here, we just want to let you know that you are loved, you are supported, and your decisions, while you can't see it right now, are going to end up harming you in the long run. I was recording audio from this movie yesterday when I saw it the fifth time. Yeah, you officially broke the law for this movie. No, it's not breaking the law. I didn't disseminate it. Yeah, you mm, did. You tried to. Attempted dissemination. I emailed it to you. That is dissemination. That's a you decision, Anthony. Like, that's just you. <laughs> Don't you put this on me, Zach Harper. I didn't do anything wrong. This is just a keepsake for me. I listened to it at the end of the night. I listened to it when I tucked myself into bed. I don't think you understand what dissemination means when you say I didn't disseminate it. I just emailed it to you. Yeah, an email's not disseminating. That's, That's uh, disseminating. Put it on a podcast or put it on the radio or put it on TV or a Twitch stream or something. No, you disseminated. I just sent it. Let's give you a couple of days and I'm sure you'll get to that. I, well, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to live stream this movie next time I see it. Are you kidding me? Of course. Zach, it's going to be on a streaming platform in about 48 hours. Stop watching I can't this movie in theater. buy it yet. It won't let me buy it yet. That's the frustrating thing is I'd like to buy this movie i got to a point yesterday when i went i was i thought i was gonna be very late luckily there's about 50 minutes of trailers every time you go to a movie now but when i got there it was about 12 minutes past the show time 
And of course, I went and got my popcorn, got a bottle of water, got myself a little treat. And then I walked in right as the movie was starting. Have you been doing this every time? <laughs> I've been getting later and later and later. What, what are your sodium levels? <laughs> Not great. Let me tell you. This movie's going to kill me one way or another. I, I now know that I just have to wait to hear the music from Con Air. And then once I hear the music, that's the the start of the movie. I don't have to worry about like, you know, dancing popcorn or, you know, the Jordan Peele movie trailer, which is everywhere, or there's like a new nun being exercised or something. You know, I don't need to worry about any of that stuff. I just need the Con Air music and I don't need an intervention. I just need this movie to be available to purchase. Mike, you know what that sounds like? That's the trademark signs of withdrawal. Yeah, this is uh, the behavior of an addict. You haven't been there. You didn't even talk about the Timberwolves series at all. You didn't watch it because your ass was just too busy in the theater watching Nicolas Cage. When did they play? You're not doing your job. You're eating way too much popcorn. And I don't understand. I've never had this much salt in my life. I may disappoint you, Zach, but I don't think this movie's very high on the rewatchability factor. Well, as someone who's watched it five times, yeah. I disagree. He's done the <laughs> research on that. I have spent so much money to watch this movie so far. Does that go into like a, a digital copy purchase? Is this a layaway situation? No, unfortunately not. They still don't let you rent to buy, Zach. How long are we going here today? Because I got to see when the next showing is. <laughs> it's going to be a, an abridged version of, of Cinephobe. An hour. I got, well, 52 minutes. I got 52 minutes. So. All right. Well, it ends with you being Baker acted. <laughs> okay. Now we can't hear me. Now we can't hear me at all. What I do? Now you're back. No, now you're back. What the you hell? Back. I don't know. You I, lean I back and you yeah, lean no, You're yeah. out of range of the microphone or is it, in cool? <laughs> is it plugged in? Sorry about that, guys. This is my least favorite character. I hate it. <laughs> Apologetic character who's also very colloquial and jovial with his with his mates. Sorry about that, guys. But uh, Zach, here's the thing. How does it land with you when I tell you I enjoyed the movie? I thought Pedro Pascal was the 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 get the best guy in the movie. Like Nicolas Cage was great, but Pedro Pascal, he stole the show. There are two characters that are the best in this movie. One is Nick Cage, spelled with a K, by the way. I don't know if you guys caught that because while he is yeah. himself, he is a fictionalized version of himself, Jerry West. And then the second best one in the movie. Nikki Cage, who I find to be just maybe even the best character in the movie. Yeah. It's it's one A one B there. Pedro Pascal is fantastic, but he's definitely third. I mean, I'm with you. This is a Pedro Pascal movie. I would argue Paco Leon better than Pedro Pascal in this movie. I can't go there. Come on, man. I can't do that. Paco's great in this movie. Are you kidding me? No, but you're, the Fruit Loop scene. But what you're doing as here, someone who's seen it five times, I think I'd be an expert on this movie. I can't go through a whole podcast of Zach touting his credentials, <laughs> lording his expertise over us because he's seen it more times. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry. I'm not a misogynist. I'm not going to say that Sharon Horgan is not up there in terms of one of the best parts of this movie, rivaling Pedro Pascal as the, the number three here. Love Sharon Horgan. She's fantastic. She's great in the uh, increasingly bad decisions of Todd Margaret. Like she's mm. fantastic in that show. She's great in this movie as the ex-wife. Amin's right. The keys to the game in this one are Pedro Pascal. It's the, he's the keys of the game. What? Just put, show up, put your uniform on and roll Pedro Pascal out there. You didn't believe that Lily Moshin was his daughter. I thought that was one of the greatest father-daughter pairings in cinema history. Happy talk. This was a Pedro Pascal movie because he somehow, this is one of the hardest things to do in modern day cinema. He somehow made me laugh after I saw his funniest scene 
in the trailer. Mm, that's tough to do. To get a genuine hearty har har out of a scene that got a hearty har har during the trailer to make me laugh over again when I know it's coming, that is a special treat. And it is a tribute to both of the performances, not taking anything away from Nick Cage. Or Nicky Cage. The wall scene? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, the, the wall scene was it's Pedro really Pascal's good. strongest scene. Whereas Cage's strongest scene was probably when he got drugged. Oh, that's a great mm. scene too. Um, nah. Cage's strongest scene is the two cages at the bar when he finishes with the makeout. Did you guys pop when he kissed himself? I did. Mm. Did you masturbate? Which time? Yes. <laughs> probably the third or fourth time. <laughs> yes, it's After, just the answer. It's two through five, yeah. Two through five for sure. Once I knew, yes, yes, I did. Wait, once when? I knew it was coming, yes, I then I was too. <laughs> I have Zach Cut like that. shushing, shushing other patrons. Did you like say gushing? People chattering, kind of like right before. Shh, shh. The good parts about to come on as he shoves his hand down his pants. I say that before every scene. Hey, the good parts about to happen. <laughs> the good parts about to come. <laughs> what size Jurgens bottle did, did they let you get into the theater with? By the third one, they provided itself. So I've seen it at three different theaters too. By the way. I, I wanted to make sure I didn't. Hand sanitizer. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I didn't get sucked People's. into just thinking like, oh, it's just the theater that's making the the experience for me. So I've seen it at three different theaters. I'll probably see it at two different. <laughs> No, you're not. You're not. You're not watching this movie anymore, Zach. Yeah, yes. Wait for VOD. I am. You cannot. I'm gonna go today. No, don't do this, man. Why not? Look, I'm the second most recognized Nick Cage fan. Enough. There, there is no competition here. You're the king of Cage. This has nothing you're the to king do with of the that. Cage. Nothing to do no, with that, Mike. This is this. I think this is your desperate desire to be recognized as the world's foremost Nick Cage fan. And let me tell you, we called that race a long time ago, Zach. You have nothing else to prove. When he went into the memorabilia room and you saw the pillow, did you also yell, I have that fucking pillow too! Did you guys do that? I did. Yeah. Because I do have God. that pillow. Mm-hmm. Mike and I share it. Well, we don't share the pillow, but we both have the pillow. <laughs> Wouldn't share that with anybody. <laughs> I mean, we can't hear. I mean, stop leaning <laughs> forward, man. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I hate this character. You told me. I'm sorry about that, guys, but you told me not to spite, <laughs> so I'm trying not to spite. I hate it so much. <laughs> His character sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry about that, guys. I'm doing what you asked me to do. I don't know what more I can say or do. By the way, it's all getting picked up on my native. So yeah, worry about that's it. Well, that's good. It should be a very good Maybe I'll listen to your native so I know what the fuck you're saying. Yeah. Great time for all of us. <laughs> it's going to be a great surprise to the rest of us. Zach, did Mike, you yell it every time? Did I yell whatever? The pillow thing. Yeah. Oh, of course. I think we waited for a mean. Just to ask that I think we waited for him. Oh, I know. Yeah. Just to, <laughs> just, just, to, just to come here and mess everything up. Oh, man. Formula One. That's what, we just cut that in. I have Formula yeah. One be the other guest on this. <laughs> Workshop my Formula One character. So, Mike, <laughs> last week, Amin revealed that he thought this entire Zach Harper, Nick Cage fascination was an act. He didn't think that it was real. He thought that 15 movies into Nick Cage movies into Cinephobe, that this was all an act. And it wasn't until I think the third time that Zach went to see this movie that it means said, okay, maybe it's real. I thought it was an embellishment. Oh, no. <laughs> this character's worse That's than the last much. one. Yeah, this one's bad, too. <laughs> what is happening with him? What? I don't know. This has never happened before. This is uh, That's what I say, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only after dark. I thought it was an embellishment. I thought Zach was just kind of 
you know, like he likes Nick Cage. Nick Cage's favorite actor. He enjoys watching Nick Cage movies. But I thought he was just like putting on a little extra, you know, just because it's a fun bit to play, right? It's a fun character. Hey, I'm a Nick Cage super fan. Then he started sending us pictures from around L.A. of like different locations that were featured. Chateau Marmont. Yeah, where the opening lunches. Yeah, that's when I started to get concerned. And, like, he didn't do it to be funny. He was just, like, giddily excited, say, guys, look, I, I'm, I'm by Chateau Marmont now. Like, I, I just, I, when you watched it twice, I was like, yeah, I should probably watch it twice. We're going to do this podcast. But then you just kept watching it. I watched it twice in the same day, the first, t- the first day I saw it. Zach, I saw it in the morning. It was a discounted rate. It was the early bird special. Eight bucks in LA to see a movie? You should always go at 1120 in the morning. Oh, they're, they're giving that away. All right. Yeah, that one's okay. And then I went and saw it at night. After the games, hmm. I watched basketball. I did my job. Would you classify what Neil Patrick Harris did in this film as a cameo or a role? Mm, as Fink, his agent. That was a role, right? Feels like a role, but it was just Neil Patrick Harris being himself. Right. In a very small window of Neil Patrick Harris, though. like He came back at the end, which makes it not a cameo. Yeah. Mm. If it was just the one scene with them at the spa, that qualifies as a cameo, but... They got a good cast all the way top to bottom for this movie. Maze, is he funny enough to, is he big enough to be considered a cameo? I think part of what's hurting him there is Ooh. that Matthew McConaughey had that role in Tropic Thunder. Now would be considered a cameo. But at the time, it was just Matthew McConaughey taking whatever role he could get. What about Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder? That's a cameo. No. But it's multiple scenes. That's a role, bro. No, hmm. I think you got it wrong, Mike. I think they're both roles. Yeah. Well, Tom Cruise did kind of need that. Tropic Thunder is a big ass movie, so every every person top to bottom is a name. You know, would you say that Kenny Powers in that movie is a cameo? No, no, like, that's, that's a, a role. role. Toby Maguire had a cameo in that film, right? Toby Maguire is a cameo. Yeah, Demi Moore in this movie cameo, cameo. Yeah, cameos are basically did you show up one day to shoot this one little scene and that's it? And is it beneath you what you did? Word up. So then Nick Cage's entire role in this is a cameo if it's beneath him? I'm not going to do the word up joke again. Zach, how did this movie meet the unbearable weight of your expectations? I had the highest of expectations and then I saw it five times. It's beyond what I could have hoped for because it's a legitimately good, fun, well-paced movie. It doesn't drag. You don't feel like you're in the theater for three hours. Like It's, it's very well done. He's like himself and the, obviously the Nikki cage parts are are cartoonish but even then it's not too cartoonish pedro pascal is fantastic even though he might be fifth sixth on the best performance list despite his great performance <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> fifth sixth <laughs> you know what's happening he he's already jealous of the pedro pascal character he's Absolutely. trying to line up how, his is, bona fides. how do i not get the character role. the fictional character is not a bigger fan than me zach how did you not write this movie <laughs> I'll fly him to Mallorca right now. You think I don't have the credit card for that? The person you should really be jealous of is Tom Gormican. All right. Oh my God. That's the guy that Zach is going to stalk and kill. I've got to murder him. Here's the Tom Gormican's resume. All right. Supercharge it. That awkward moment. The terrible rom-com starring Miles mm-hmm. Teller and Michael B. Jordan. Then he created the Fox show Ghosted with Adam Scott and Craig Robinson. Massive waste of their massive talent. Mm-hmm. And then he navel gazed and he thought about his obsession with Nick Cage and he created his obsession. The most meta Nick Cage movie 
you could possibly come up with. And I just want to bring this up, guys. It's 2022, and we live in the year of the self-aware movie. This was one of the most self-aware movies I've ever seen. The Nick Cage part of it, I thought, worked exceptionally well. It serviced all of his talents. The opening monologue to David Gordon Green, A+. Him talking to himself at the bar. A+. (laughs) The de-aging that the Irishman died for so we could get this movie. (laughs) I loved it. A+. But when they're having fun together, I think it's post-acid trip, and they start talking about the movie that they're going to make, and then they start doing the movie that they're describing. That was too much for me, man. Oh! I need a little bit of space from that. Oh, because you're a hack. You're a hack, and you don't know art. That's the problem. You don't know art. You don't know what it's like to put something together. You always have to have the talent pump you up rather than have, don't cut this, rather than have just the art speak for itself. The art spoke for itself. It was unbelievable. It was saturating. It gets in your veins. It gets on your skin. It crusts over. He's talking about coming again. I mean, the worst character to find out what it means talking about. I'm right? sorry, but why are so good, guys? Clearly, this isn't a me thing, right? Because I can see my levels. Every time you're quiet for a while, and then it you cuts. start talking again, it's not there, and then it and then it like clicks. There's like a click back in. It's I don't. I've never experienced this either. I don't know what's happening. It's going to be a nightmare to edit. Can't wait. Can't wait. Like, like warm up before I start talking. Okay, now my mic is on. I was doing the same thing when know. I watched the movie. That felt racist. Why don't you get a crank start? One of my favorite lines was, maybe it's just the drugs talking, but what if we had a really big drug scene? That was one of those self-aware moments, Maze, that you didn't like. I thought that was one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. That one was okay. I'm talking more specifically about when they start talking about adding the kidnapping plot because it would be a big budget thing and it would appeal to the bubble. Like, honestly, if if I could do anything to this movie, I would take out the Tiffany Haddish, Ike Barinholtz part. I would come up with a different slant on that because it felt Uh very rote. And then they really just undid it at the end. Yeah, it was written. I'm totally fine with <laughs> Jesus Christ, Zach. Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage broing out and writing a movie together. I loved that. But uh, also, he's maybe an international crime lord, and we've got the CIA here. And then they're just dead, and there's no yeah. consequences to that. And no. they just go no. to the movie premiere, no. and it's fine. Like no. That was too much. You mean to tell me that you didn't like that? No, I like this character. Let me say this is my favorite yeah, yeah, character. <laughs> we finally figured it out, I, guys. I can't wait to hear what Obama sounds like when he says yeah, can, you, <laughs> can you do like a Jimmy Durante? <laughs> who that like is? I don't know who that is. Two Americas. But Maze, I like the idea that the biggest Nicolas Cage fan in the world is like a murderous drug dealer. Or a suspected murder. Suspected. Well, yeah. Bill Noir. Suspe- alleged. 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 Oh, my God. Worst character ever. We, we move on. I think Maze had the only take from this movie that I agree I with. I was so talking. Far. How is that possible? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Man. I don't know. for us to decide, but it's... Can I, not, uh, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, I can't even breathe. I got I to gotta make a noise every single second. I have no breathing at all. I got to keep talking. I got to keep talking. I'm not going to do my Mike Greenberg. I got to talk like a Mike Greenberg. That is just my opinion. I don't know anything. I don't have to talk to anyone. I haven't seen anything. I watched this movie by myself. I don't know anything. I didn't jerk off to like Zach. But I would seem to me... 
that the, the character of the drug lord, the murderous drug lord, the alleged murderous drug lord, being the biggest Nicolas Cage fan in the world, and as a, as a result, Nicolas Cage has to feel compelled to write a script with him because he's afraid for his life. I really like that twist. It wouldn't have been nearly as funny if he was just a regular billionaire. It, it, the funniness, the comedy comes from the element of danger that he received. time! Mays and Amin here are right on. No! They, they didn't need the Tiffany Haddish role. They could have done that plot line no. with Nicolas Cage figuring it yeah. out himself. And I'm with Maze. They leaned on that device, that self-aware device, far too often. The first time that they did it, I was like, that was a little heavy-handed. The only time that it landed with me was the drug scene. I think that's the only smart time that they actually inserted that device. And they kept going back to it. They went to it like four times in this movie. It was a bit overdone. When the movie itself is this huge embellishment, is overdone on purpose, you don't need to pile on, I think, because then you go into camp territory it is a commentary <laughs> on cinema now this is the problem with doing this podcast with these other two jamokes okay i need to tell everybody that's listening right now what zach was just doing with his hands with some of the funniest <laughs> hand acting i've ever seen I'm acting. Like, it's not acting clutching his fists close to his <laughs> neck the last he's 10 minutes so of this podcast have been absolute horseshit horseshit okay it is a commentary on cinema. Now, Mike, you may not know this. I know you don't listen to every cinephobe podcast, but I am a lover of cinema. Maze mm -hmm. hates it. Cinema. Amin hates it unless you call it cinema. They hate cinema. They, they hate movies. I love movies. I love the industry. I love the art of it. This movie is a commentary on Hollywood today. They even reference at one point, unless it's Marvel or some big, you know, comic book thing. Like... You, you can't get people into theaters. It's ridiculous. This movie has only made $15.9 million worldwide through the first nine days of it. How much of that is me? I don't know. Maybe half. I don't know. <laughs> but they're, they're putting all these elements into the movie as it's self-referential, which, by the way, really started in 22 Jump Street. Thank you very much. Where they realized, like, hey, this is what sequels do. We're going to comment on what sequels do. Well, the unbearable weight of massive talent decided, hey, this is what movies in 2021 and 2022 have to be they have to end up doing this other stuff because this beautiful story about two absolute friends possible lovers one day who knows where it goes but the this story just between these two people who appreciate each other it's not enough for the moviegoer my god the art the writing the beautiful just scenes of Nicolas Cage in a car. Like, how do you guys not understand that? Zach hit the nail on the head right there. They fell into their own trap. They yep. did the things that mainstream movies do nope. and they didn't get the return because nobody went to see it for that reason. So they fucked themselves. 15.9 million people during the heart of COVID. Are you kidding me? You just complained about how they didn't make their money back yet. You just said that. Okay, so so the, the thing about that is, Zach, is also it, it's not just that. It feels like cowardly. It's bravery. It feels like they were doing something hacky. And so what if we just explain it away by having a whole meta kind of conversation about doing it in the movie within the movie? That's what that's the problem with it. I'm a really appreciating this discourse because Maze and Amin are making me understand this movie much better than when I left. Welcome to Cinephobe. What the fuck? Yeah, I thought that I thought that that was a, a fun popcorn movie, but now in in 
talking it out with you guys, it was actually a bit of a disappointment. This film was a letdown. It was pretty campy, and it really survived on the strength of the two main performances for me. Nick Cage and Nicholas Kim Coppola? No, Pedro Pascal was really good in this film. He's fine. He's fine. I think he's a tremendous actor. He's good. Sometimes he gets typecast a little bit. It's fine. You could argue this is a bit of a typecasting too, but I'm glad that he took the ball and ran with it a little bit more. But I'm telling you, for real... Maze and Amin have opened my eyes to what was a bit of a letdown, a totally overwritten movie. There are, there are savvier ways to pull some of the jokes off that they attempted to do. It, honestly, if it wasn't for Nick Cage's involvement, this is actually a weird take. It would have been direct to video. Hubbada, 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 hubbada. I don't even have a note. I just want to say hubbada, hubbada. Like, whoa, that's, Mike is, I like this heel character that Mike is playing, right? Like, if I can't be the greatest Nick Cage lover, then I'm going to be the greatest Nick Cage movie hater. And Zach is beside himself right now. This is the issue on what you guys are doing here, okay? Is you're, you're fitting into just these, these plebeians on the internet who hear Nick Cage and they think, oh, awful actor. Uh, ignoring the fact that he won best actor, like the Academy Award said, you know what? You're the best actor. Like they gave that to him. Okay. And, and you guys ignored that. So you just assume that everything's bad because you saw like a Netflix movie once that wasn't widely distributed. And so you, you guys paint him into that corner, ignoring that prisoners of the ghost land, which I have rented three times, by the way, <laughs> and watched how many times still on the third rental. I haven't watched it yet, but it's very highly rated. Two of the rentals expired. See, Mike, he's really cutting out the middleman here by paying for the movie and not even watching it. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm getting around to. It. I've been fucking in the theater five intervention, the, intervention, intervention. The five times in the past nine days. Intervention, intervention. Zach, this is all just a vanity project for you because you want to prove that you're the biggest Nick Cage fan. You don't need to do that. You have nothing left to prove, man. The movie wasn't that good. Prisoners it was of slightly the disappointing. Willie's Wonderland, Pig, which how he didn't get. Not just not nominated for Best Actor, how he didn't get Best Actor. Really? You wanted to just, you needed Will Smith to slap Chris Rock that badly? I'm sorry, but that's not how my Hollywood works. You actually have to earn it, okay? You're compromised, my friend. Not compromised. You're compromised. You're so compromised. he's put out four straight bangers, and you guys refuse to admit that this is exactly what Hollywood needs. This is what cinema needs. This is what Chinema needs. Hubba hubba hold on. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hubba done yet, okay? <laughs> He's going to be Dracula in Renfield pretty soon. We've seen the pictures. I'm in. I popped when I saw him as Dracula. Let me tell you that. And I'm going to go back to the theater. You can't stop me go, from going back to the theater. None of you, none of you live here. I'm going to do it, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. There's also a scene in this movie that was cut that is being reserved for home media in which we have a sequence involving him reprising some of his most iconic roles face off con air leaving las vegas academy award winning leaving las vegas by the way gone in 60 seconds in a long black and white fight sequence between him and his younger self like the cabinet of dr caligari which they reference many times in this movie love that movie haven't seen it yet but i love it because he loves it and it was cut because <laughs> oh the studio thought it didn't fit into the third act I'm going to pop when I see that. You guys don't even know. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. 
So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. How dehydrated are you? Are you pissing sand at this point? Oh, I, just, God. I feel like there's, you don't have a drop of moisture left I'm cramping inside your body. constantly. But also I want to point out that one of my other favorite kind of recurring bits was that Paddington 2 yeah. is a really surprisingly good movie. That's a good movie. Loved movie. it. Yeah. Loved that I, bit. Great payoff. Well done. I've never seen the first one. I've just seen Paddington 2. I haven't seen Paddington 1. That fits our profile. <laughs> Zach, I want to do something with you uh, that you usually do on Cinephobe. I want to read you some of the reviews, but I want to start with the negative reviews. I got something for Brian Eggert and Ryan Sirek and A.A. Dowd and Jim Laskowski and Chris Wasser and Sonny Bunch, who's not a real name, Aaron Maxwell, Matthew Tooney, Matthew Bond, Sean. Bar- I got something for all of them, okay? Sonny Bunches of votes. They'll be in the mail soon. Ladies and gentlemen, he did not read those. He just closed his eyes and started reciting and he is 100 accurate with every single name brian egger deep focus review quote he's one of our strangest most authentic and most beloved actors shouldn't he have been graced with the film just as weird and unforgettable instead unbearable's mild self-awareness doesn't absolve itself from the scripts by the numbers resolution something as weird and unforgettable he makes out with himself and shouts into a bar you tell him nick cage smooch is good no, cheap parlor trick. Habada, 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 habada. It's funny you mentioned that. Ryan Syrek of The Reader says, I'll sadly, despite, can. quote, hot cage on CGI cage action and the human special effect that is Pedro Pascal, it turns out a comedy also needs actual jokes. I laughed many times in this movie, unlike the, the dipshit in Nebraska trying to review this. A.A. Dow, Digital Trends, as tongue-in-cheek as the title sounds, it accurately captures the fawning tone of his jokey self-portrait. The sense that Cage is, in fact, starring in a love letter to himself. So this idiot seems to think that Nick Cage wrote the movie and then starred in it. Here's a digital trend nobody reads you. Jim Laskowski of Directors Club, a rather mixed bag of meta-commentary and offbeat action set pieces that don't really add up to a whole lot despite Cage's commitment. There are laughs, but this could have benefited from a stronger script and less standard direction overall. Here's what the Director's Club could have done. Cut that word salad you just threw on the table. Chris Wasser, Sunday Independent Ireland. The entire enterprise is surprisingly... Please say it in an Irish voice. I need complete silence to get in the character. Can you do hubba hubba in an Irish accent? I need complete silence to get in the character. Hubba hubba <laughs> There's no way that sounded good leaving your body. Not even in your own ears. That's so easy, is it? Oh, they always make God. fun of me because I can't do the accent. Do the voice. Hubba da, hubba da. Give me a second. Hubba da, hubba da. Uh, the entire enterprise is surprisingly dull and bears all the hallmarks of a comedy sketch uh, that got out of hand. Now, Governor Romney doesn't want that. He wants a comedy sketch to stay in hand. I must admit, hubba da hubba da is hard to say in an Irish accent. Hubba da hubba da. 
Dobre, dobre. I stand corrected. Habada, habada. Last one. Sunny Bunch, the bulwark. Cage remains a massive talent. I just find it somewhat unbearable to watch him in mediocre stuff like this. What a bunch of crap. How about that, Sonny? Cage was committed. And uh, he's committed to every project. He, his interviews recently in the promotion of this film explains his methodology. Nouveau Shamanic. Western Kabuki. <laughs> I buy it, by the way. I don't think that's bullshit at no, all. None of it I is. think no. I think Nouveau Shamanic is exactly what he's doing. And I think Western Kabuki like that was the one thing that I thought this movie did really well was put us in the mind of Nick Cage and really see how he approaches these things, what he likes. The cabin of Dr. Caligari, like he loves movies. He loves making movies. He loves making art. And that showed. And I loved that part He's of it. He's great at it. He's the best at it. Hubba da, hubba da, hubba da. Nick Cage does Western Kabuki. Zach Harper did Western Bukaki. Hubba da, hubba da. I picked Western Kabuki when they were at a 15 seed to, to upset Duke. <laughs> we like to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all these all these reviews are bullshit. Zach, I hope you're you're no, you're not taking them to heart. You should. These are all very valid criticisms of a, an entertaining yet deeply flawed Nicolas Cage movie. It, it's not the Nicolas Cage movie we've all been dying to see. I think he was let down by the filmmakers, let down by the script. His performance could have risen above it. If it wasn't such a parody of itself, it might have been. Or if they just totally went off into campy land, it might have worked even better. But he thought he was making a different movie. Did you just buy tickets again? He's buying tickets right now. Discount day. It's discount day. It's oh 725 God. for a movie. What? I might even go, but I'm going to buy this ticket. There are two totally pointless roles in this film. Mike, our discount day trap worked. He's going to show up at <laughs> it's, it's just a the Malibu retreat. An old Hollywood facade that, <laughs> that once he walks in the door, we pull away. It's Arkham Asylum. Now, there are two people in the back row there already. <laughs> They're having sex. How tall do They're you think that, well, I'm sex, fine for with sure. that? I'm fine with that. Do you think that how tall do you think the back of those seats are if I sit in front of them? Like, can they see? All right, so you're doing a bit, Zach. A bit. You know that it's not as good as you hoped. It's better than I hoped. No, it isn't. I thought it was going to be cartoonish and, and, you know, kind of like... I wish it was. Kind of good, but not really like... Not really a a well-paced movie, not well-acted and everything. You know, Pedro Pascal is like probably the 10th best actor in this movie and best acting performance in this movie. It was was really good. Why is he taking out Pedro Pascal? No, but that's how good everybody else was, right? Is it because we like Pedro Pascal? The therapist in the movie is so, like, she's fantastic. She sets the tone for everything that he's going to have to deal with. The valet at the Chateau Marmont. Oh, my God. Like, do you see the way he caught those keys? I believe that he was going to make sure that Nick Cage's car was taken care of. That beautiful, beautiful 1980s Ferrari. Oh, my God. The problem with Nick Cage films for me as of late is I've been putting them on a pedestal. I read the synopsis and I keep saying, oh, this is going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. And the only one, the only one that is delivered on the synopsis has been Pig. Everything else dating back to primal has been underwhelming, but his performance he's as committed as ever. And his performance somehow delivers. Mandy was another one that outperformed what the synopsis was. And man, that was a fucking LSD trip. But this one was ultimately disappointing because of 
all the all the parts around it. I'm I'm mostly disappointed that a studio got a hold of this concept and decided to go bare bones with the original script. This should have been rewritten several times. It should have been protected from itself. What do you expect? The guy who made Ghosted is the guy who made this movie. It's a is it like your expectations for for what? By the way, Mike, how did you feel about the movie Mom and Dad? Because we did that one on Cinephobe. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. How? That was, uh, once again, a totally committed Nick Cage betrayed by wow. the filmmakers. I'm going there for Nick Cage. If he delivers, that's a good movie. That's a good experience. No, you need a good movie around it. You need you need screenwriters to to protect it from, from being too cheesy and too heavy-handed. Nicolas Cage can deliver the right, just the right amount of camp no, but- if everything around him is clicking on all cylinders. And Pedro brought it. The performances relatively, for the most part, brought it outside of the asinine CIA agents that I'm not even sure what the plan was there. The entire movie could have cut them out and it would have been fine. It would have been fine, like May said. Hubbard, 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 the, the, were you surprised that Tiffany Haddish played a character as opposed to just playing herself? Because in the trailer, she played thought, herself. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm you saying like yourself. in the trailer, I I thought, ha, Hubbard, Hubbard, that was pretty funny, Zach. In the trailer, I thought like it was like he's going to be running into all these Hollywood types all over, and they're like Nick Cage, it shows how much they love him as well. Right. I was a little disappointed that she's playing like a role of someone else as opposed to just being Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, I wish that they had spent a little more time with Hollywood Cage. I understand why they had to get to Pedro Pascal, and that is the strength of the movie is the... Well, there's two strengths, but I would say the the chemistry between Pascal and Nick Cage, and then the chemistry between Nick Cage and Nicky Cage, those are the pillars of the movie. But I could have used more time in the Hollywood world. I loved the opening lunch with David Gordon Green. I loved the monologue at the valet. Honestly, I would have cast his ass off of that. Good God. The the Boston accent was immaculate. And then he brings it back at the end, which I, was a great callback. Oh, it was great. Maze, you, you have the best review of this movie oh, I've thank heard you, or read. Wow. You're so on the money, man. Aside from that shit review he gave at the beginning of it. Man, I can't wait till Mike comes back to Cinephobe and we get to do another movie with Mike. Cause Here's the thing. Maze is nailing it and he's he's changing my perception of this film. I wanted to come on, on this uh, this program and just mark out with Nicolas Cage. That's what I thought I was doing came on the program. Uh, initially. But Maze's points are so valid about the film and every review that it means selected i think absolutely nails it this movie is just simply not that good you should stop going to the theater to watch it here's the thing we all know you love nicholas cage you don't have anything left to prove let me just offer this rebuttal okay two things one do i have to call the sunset tower hotel and request room 1111 because that's the room he stayed well at least that's the room he's in front of if you're trying to get laid yes two Pedro Pascal is so good in this movie. He is the 16th best performance behind Henchman's two, three, seven, and nine that I thought were fantastic. In that, in that kind of like held captive scene, like they're just so good. Two, three, seven, and nine are so good. They really, oh bring- yeah. Enrique Martinez and oh Manuel Calafé. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just, Manuel was just oh a God. real bizarre Pedro Pascal. I'm complimenting every time. Hold on, hold on. I want to dig into this. Is Zach threatened by Pedro Pascal because that's of- what's happening? <laughs> he wants a threat. He'll get a threat. How about that i think you're disseminating was it because his performance was so good at outshine cage or disseminating the theater a couple times is it because he's jealous of pedro pascal's character because 
that character is a bigger fan of Nick Cage than Zach. I yeah, like when I we do. talk over a mean that he still has to bring back the hubba hubba to cut back into it. Hubba yeah. hubba, I don't know whether it works or not. Zach has lost total grip on reality. He has worked himself into a jealous frenzy over a character <sighs> Pedro Pascal is playing. So much so that he is <laughs> insulting the performance of the film, which was Pedro Pascal. I'm compliment. He's he's fantastic in it. He's. 19th best performance. That's how good this movie is. You just put him back three well, slots. I mean, Demi Zach. Moore's fantastic in it. And she oh, plays the, the wife in the movie. Oh yeah, my God. I believed it. No, I believed it. I think that sets us up perfectly. I think it's time to do the awards, folks. So we start this off with the five horsemen. The five horsemen for this movie is meta. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah, I loved it. The Michael Bean Memorial Ass On Award. I think the Moore is a very strong contender for that, honestly. I, I, Pedro Pascal, maybe just because everyone else is so strong. Stop. He's great in it. But Pedro Pascal is fantastic. It's just everyone else is so good as well. He might have been the worst performer. I'll give him my ass on. Pedro Pascal. You're jealous of a fictional character. Not jealous. Carl Weathers Memorial Ass Off Award. Cage. Nicholas Kim Coppola. Is it okay to distinguish Nikki Cage? Yes, Nicholas Kim Coppola. <laughs> I'm going Nikki Cage ass off. Nikki Cage ass off for me. 100%. Yeah. Pedro Pascal for me, man. No. Uh, like He was so good. I thought he, he really carried the movie outside of just like the Nicholas Cage kind of cageisms going off and stuff. Yeah. He's great in this movie. He's 24th. His stunt double jumping <laughs> off the cliff is... I mean, I believe they jumped off a cliff. How do you do any better than that? No, he he brought the warm touch of humanity. I connected with his character in ways that I thought Zach would have, but he just became insane with jealous rage. It was so weird. Pedro Pascal should have been like who you were rooting for the entire film because he was living out a dream. Instead, you you just like a nightmare. You just wanted him to end, and you wanted your own time with Nicolas Cage. I'll get my own time with him. Hubba hubba There go for for the grace of God, me Zach. That's what you should have been saying. Instead, you said, "I hate you." Here's the thing. He's definitely behind. As great as Pedro Pascal is in this movie, he's behind the general in the fake scene that he does on the cliff. The general is great in that. Oh my God. The general who's just like, he's like, look, there he is. Can't you see him? And I'm like, I see the general. He's, oh my God. He's so good. He's just ahead of Pedro Pascal. Zach, you want to throw out another number real quick on where Pedro Pascal is? And 69. There's only 34 people in the cast. I was trying to get you to go over that number. So should have been 32. I mean, look, stunt coordinators and the transportation department did a great job. They got them to Mallorca and Hungary and everywhere they 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 shot. Like, I, you can't deny the transportation department. All right. So then it goes to Golden Dumpster, which is your favorite moment or... I think the listeners are going to like this episode. How about a no? Scene or line. And there's something that we haven't brought up yet, which I feel the need to bring up, which is going to be a future drop. Ascertain. Yes. You're welcome. Got that. I did pop for when Nick Cage said ascertain. I would say my golden dumpster is Pedro Pascal's oh God, acid trip face. His smiles in the car when they're in the town square and they see those two old guys. And then he's yeah. like, just look at him naturally. And he turns and it's just <laughs> and then he turns back. That's that's amazing. That was my golden dumpster. Close second is cage making out with himself zach why did you just jerk off what was that just preparing for later mm. 
Hubbard, 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 I'm at arms and rest, buddy. It's it's had a tough week. No, I, my my golden dumpster is the wall because I, I saw it in the original trailer, but that was months and months ago, so I completely forgot. And I was all in on wow, like this whole you know go on without me, whatever. And then the way he peers around the corner, <laughs> just with this look of bewilderment and joy in his face. I laughed so hard at that in the in the empty ass theater i watch this movie that's my golden dumpster the wall scene i mean look you think that when he's like you're heavier than you look he goes yes i have a big head he's an enormous head seven and five eights guys you think that's not referencing me you think that that's not like are, can we just say that i got ripped off here this is bullshit golden dumpster every scene that cage is in mark it down that's official folks that's on the record so in a confusing evaluation, I'll give my golden dumpster to a non-Nick Cage scene. How about that? Before you do that. I wasn't objecting to you giving it to every Nick Cage scene. That's fine. I just want to point out that when Zach delivered his line of golden dumpster every Nick Cage scene, he sat back in his chair so self-satisfied. I mean, it makes Greg Cody taking a swig of his coffee i've been very self-satisfied throughout this movie process (laughs) no one can satisfy himself like zach age paco leon who is the second well third best performance in this movie because nicholas kim coppola was the was one b but paco leon when he does the fruit loops yeah scene he's so good in that scene he is that was unbelievable yeah that's my golden dumpster he was a really good casting in this film He's, I mean, second best casting in the movie. No, um, that'd be Nicolas Cage behind Pedro Pascal. I got to admit, I didn't sniff out the reveal or whatever. I wasn't really too concerned about it. But I was wondering, who is this dude with the frosted tips oh, down by the pool? Oh, my God. His energy is all over the place. Yeah, his great energy eyes. is great. He's got great <laughs> eyes. Oh, my yeah, God. He, he, had, he had crazy just... Yeah. <laughs> just shining through He's got some on the Formula screen. Juan to him, if you know what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> that guy just came back from Kiki, bro. That guy Fuck. has been at Kiki all night. Fuck, bro. Fuck, bro. Fuck. Just got back from Kiki, so, bro. This is a this is the part of the show where we get to Fober File, God, which this is an over forty percent movie, right? So it's a different it's a different playing field for now. I don't think history is going to be kind to this maze. Rotten Tomatoes, when you get to the new movies and you get the verified ratings, I don't know what to do with the audience score. Honestly, I think it's it's, it's got to get past that process. We're going to listen to Jim Chembry or Peter Bradshaw or Mark Free. We're not going to listen to these hacks. Randy Myers, EJ Moreno. Like, come on. Let's listen to these Zachs. Zach, Foberfile. Dumbest fucking question you've ever yes, asked me. It's, I have a, to ask it. it's four files across all around the Zoom. Four files. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Mystery Crate Cinephobe Edition. Phobe. Whoa. Yeah, I, it was a file, and then Maze made so many great points. Wow. Wow. I did not expect that. All right, I mean, hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. Even though there was a lot of problems with this movie. Uh, and I thought they played it safe when they didn't need to play it safe, especially when you had great performances, as everyone pointed out. And even though I would love just to watch Zach have an aneurysm to phobe it as a result, I, I love this movie. I would, of course. Uh, How could you not? 
Hubbard, 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 Hubbard. How many Hubbards would you give it? Three and a half Hubbards. Out of three? Agreed. <laughs> Out of five Hubbards. Hubbard, 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 Hubbard. Hubbard, 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 Hubbard. Hubbard. Back to me as a cage experience. It's an easy file. It's not the greatest movie of the year. I've seen two new movies that are better than it already this year. The second and third viewing of the movie. And everything, everywhere, all at once. Hubbard, Hubbard, Hubbard. Let me ask you a question. Of the cage movies that we've watched on Cinephobe, which you can, by the way, subscribe to now, part of the Lepetard and Friends feed. It comes out on Thursdays. We are in the middle of vehicle month. <laughs> hubbard, hubbard, I'm sorry because I paused there. Hubbard, hubbard. Maze, of the Nick Cage movies that we've watched, where does this rank for you? Okay. The only movies that are giving this movie any competition are None. None Gone in 60 Seconds. Great movie. Oh my God. Snake Eyes. Fantastic movie. <laughs> that is a great movie. Ooh, I think I'm going to have to go Gone in 60 Seconds, Snake Eyes, this movie. That's tough, though. I, I If I gave it another watch, watch, maybe I wouldn't be as bothered by the meta stuff. But I think that's more of a symptom of movie culture as a whole than like this movie's fault. So it's easily top three. Obviously, all those movies are low rated, but it's an easy file for me. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, Zach, I know this is your favorite Nick Cage movie, the ones that we've done. Is it mm-hmm. your favorite Nick Cage movie overall? Ever. Really? Oh, shut Leaving up. Leaving Las Vegas. Face off. Leaving Las Vegas is fantastic. It's what he was named the best actor for, but it's very depressing. It's hard. It's a hard rewatch. This is not better than Face Off. This is not better than Con Air. I didn't say it was better. I said it's my favorite, Mike. It's my favorite movie. Face Off is a very close. It's like Nick Cage, Nicholas Kim Coppola. Like that's what it, that's what that is for me, Mike. Now that Mace has filed it, would you like to change your horrible phobe into a files since he no. filed it and you did it based on what you thought he was going to do? No, no. I honestly like the movie a lot less now. Talking it out, it is deeply flawed. It really is, and I kind of felt like they let Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage down a little bit. The concept is genius. I don't know how you you kind of screw it up. And they did. They're characters that have a lot of screen time that could have been cut out of this movie entirely. The self-aware jokes were so heavy-handed that it ceased being funny, and it diluted the entire experience for me. I know that this is an alternate reality, but what the fuck are these consequences? There are two CIA agents dead. They're dead. And if he gets to go to a Hollywood premiere afterwards, this makes no sense. What universe is this? Look in my eyes. Well, Paco didn't go to the premiere. Look in my eyes, okay? Look to me in my eyeball. Well, no, that's going to that's gonna hurt your eye, Mike. Put the glasses back on. <laughs> okay. I hope the Miami Heat gets swept in the conference finals. Hmm. Sixers and six. You're just lashing out, man. It's not that good. I love it's not. Paul Reed. You're trying too hard. You're trying too hard. What am I? Jimmy Butler in practice? I'm glad that Tom Gormican has seen... Charlie Kaufman movies, though, you know, that's nice being John Malkovich. I mean, look, he's a hack, but Cage saves it on a level because you can set up a world in which Pedro Pascal has a nice little cameo in it and does a good job. It's not a cameo. Is there another actor that could have been in this position? Speaking of cameo, cameo.com slash Darth Amin. I'm doing a a sale. So you guys just jump in there and request your cameos. What is happening? I I have a cameo. (laughs) account and i wanted people to know because we kept saying the word cameo dried up did it 
Cameo. Is there another actor that could have been put in a movie like this where they're playing a version of themselves and have it work for the actor as well as it did for Nick Cage? Dozens. Dozens. There are dozens of us. Willem Dafoe would be next. Actually, I had a, I had an internal struggle. The only reason I watched this movie instead of The Northman was because we were doing this right. bonus mystery crate episode of Cinephobe. I wanted to really see The, the Northman. And the next person that I want to see someone take on a, a vanity project like this is Willem Dafoe. What was that character he played in Spider-Man, Mike? Was it the Mind Goblin? No, he played Willem Dafoe. He didn't play the Mind Goblin? Actually, Willem Dafoe plays himself in every film now that I think about it. Who plays the Mind Goblin? How about, how about, how about I go fuck yourself? <laughs> That's who. Mind Goblin, these nuts. <laughs> I know that's what you were going for. <laughs> I wasn't going to give it to you. I gave it to myself during this movie. Who's the Mind Goblin? Would you Mind Goblin? <laughs> the lizard's going to hate this episode. Oh, my God. Oh, it's awful. Hubba-da, hubba-da. Do they hate me more than, uh, than corporate It's a Mike? nightmare edit. It's a nightmare <laughs> edit. But Maze, do what you can to it. And then we'll I'll tag team it. We'll figure it out. I will, uh, I will do what I can to turn this around by Friday. Leave all of this in. Leave everything in. Don't the hubba-da, hubba-da is this going to be a real <laughs> mind goblin. <laughs> Tony, can you, uh, are you good? It's a little check ski. Define good. All right, good. <laughs> All right, we can start here. All right, Tony, you look like a man that jumped out of a plane. I, like, we don't need a lot of people. It's not Friday. You just got back. Yeah. How are you feeling? I feel like shit. Oh, man. Oh, no. Yeah, and, and funny thing is when uh, when the Red Bull guys and and all them come up to where we are at the Homestead Airstrip or whatever, um, where the plane's taking off from, they're doing it like if it's just a walk in the beach, right? They're like, hey, first time I've been here 11,000 times and I've jumped 13,000 times. And I'm like, oh, those aren't exaggerated numbers, by the way. Miles has jumped 11,000 times out of an airplane and 3,300 times off of base jumping. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. He's like, oh, I put on a squirrel suit and I just jump off of shit. Base like, jumping is so scary. Do you ever watch YouTube oof. videos of that? I try not to. Yeah. Oh my um, God. Yeah, Wait, I so try not to. Why, but why do you feel like shit? Like the altitude, the no. So here's so here's I'm just hung so over. Miles, Gravity caught up with him. <laughs> it, it's a lot of factors, right? Miles was like, "Listen, one thing that I'll tell you is, so they put you in this harness and they tighten harness like different places on the harness. But one of the places that gets tight is around your your quads. So they have Hell these yeah. really yeah, they have these really tight harnesses around your quads. And the moment that Igor, my tandem buddy, yanks the the ripcord for the parachute my quads get tightened like by my entire body weight plus we're falling at like i don't know 200 oh. miles an hour so the my legs start going numb and i'm like oh this is not good i start getting a little woozy whittingham had the same thing happen to him but as we're as we're flying down and like gliding on the parachute um he starts doing spins like to to slow us down i guess uh. and at some point like my legs were completely numb and I was starting to feel like I was going to pass out and throw up. And I was like, oh, this is not great. And I just hauled ass home and I've spent the last 30 minutes very woozy. So, yeah, I feel like shit. So what like when you're in the air and you're free falling, are you like, is there just silence? Are you quiet? Are you like, ah, like, are you yelling? What, like, like, so what <laughs> noises are you making as this is happening? Hell yeah. There's not there's not like a prehistoric gruntle noise like that. Just I imagine it you're was, just. Ah, oh, my God. This. Ah. 
I didn't make any sounds. I think what I was doing was just trying to breathe, right? Because the guy's like, you can pass out if you don't breathe because you're going so fast and the altitude's so high that if you don't breathe, you'll pass out. So huh. my first thing when the, the most terrifying part for me was like sitting at the edge of the plane and having to like wrap your legs around the plane. Like, let's say the plane's here, the door's here. You have to kind of go like this. Oh, wow. And like That's wrap a, your legs okay, around the plane. Okay, he's doing a little so demonstration can, with his fingies. That was yeah, cute. I like that. You kind of sit like that. The guys behind Audio me, medium. I have to like put my hips up and then like throw myself out of the plane. So as he's doing that, he's telling my ear like, repita, repita, it's just breathe, breathe. And I'm like, don't tell me to breathe. Because I started. Breathing. Don't look down. Yeah, no, but there's no other thing to look down. Like you're looking down, and you're falling at such a rate. You're like, holy shit, I can't believe it. You so see like the that ocean? part's really. Cool. What did you see? Like, what were you looking at? Just squares. Everything I saw from the ocean all the way to the Everglades. Did you see uh, wow. the Everglades on fire? Uh, no, there was actually another trash heap on fire next to me, but that was a different. Uh, would you do it again, thing. or are you just like, I'm good? Did it? Like, I I asked myself that. Um, would I do it again? Uh. Like if I know Jenny wants to skydive, my wife, and if she, if like I do it with her, but I think I'm, I'm good. You know what I mean? Make it all Ghana, which means I'm I, like, I'm good. Wow. So overall, Whittingham gave us a nine out of 10 on his experience. What would you rate it? And how, what would you put your current feeling on a scale of one to 10? How you feel afterwards? The feeling of actually jumping out of the airplane, flying, because you're just like taking it all in was incredible. It's, I'd say a 20 out of 10. So there was no genuine scary moments. Like there was like when they pulled the parachute, like there was no like moment of, oh shit, did it go? Like it just, it was all smooth sailing. You're going so fast that you don't even realize that the parachute gets yanked until you feel it, right? Like there's like a split second of like maybe three or four seconds when the parachute's deploying where it actually catches up. But I wasn't like the most terrifying part for me was getting to the edge of the plane and jumping off. Like what? everything else was, was fine. But was there a yeah, whiplash I, effect uh, when the parachute opened? No, there wasn't a whiplash effect because it, it's not like, I don't know how to explain it. You're going fast, but not fast enough where gravity can't catch you. And like it be a softer hmm. ride on the way down. So it's not like it, it jerks you up. Like you feel it, but you're just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. Did your tummy do somersaults? No. So it's weird. You don't get the... You know when you go on a roller coaster? Yeah, that's what I like that's your, what I would your be chest scared go up of. like that. Yeah. You don't have that feeling whatsoever. Wow. It's the weirdest thing. That is weird. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Mystery Crate. <laughs> no, we're not gonna do it. Just check out all our shit. Yeah. Oh, Woody's not here? No. I wonder oh, how that's he's right. feeling. Off the looking glasses back. Yeah. What you got? Mocha. Are we really gonna all right? We'll do it. No? Okay, go ahead. Just check it all out. I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, just check it all out. There's all a lot right. of stuff. Yeah, Cinephile, Cinephile, Mocha, Montgomery and Company has Holly Rowe. Yeah. And Pauline Ooh. Fromer. So uh, check that out. It's a good listen. All right. Goodbye. Woo. Hey. Okay. Goodbye. Hey, hey. Say it. Okay. <laughs> the playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. 
Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com slash crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer.